When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Lakers Talk with Alan Sliwa. Lakers Talk is on the air on 710 ESPN. I like the squad. You got three superstars on the Lakers in LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook. And what are they going out and getting right now? Vets. Guys have been in the league for a long time. They have championship experience. They have playoff experience. Isn't that the blueprint of how you win championships? From the home of the 17-time world champion Lakers at LA Live. Isn't that the blueprint of how you... Uh, go about your day and find a way to go get championship number 18. Isn't that the blueprint? Lakers talk, Lakers talk is, is on. on. Here's Alan Sliwa. L.A., thank you very much for tuning in. Lakers talk tonight goes till 9 p.m. And it's uh, it's good to be back. Gone for, I don't know how many days, 10, 11 days, something along those lines. Missed last week, uh, Lakers talk, but... Now we're full throttle, Laker fans. So we are about a month away from the uh, preseason starting. Of course, training camp will be before that. And uh, a lot to get into tonight. Brian Windhorse is going to join the show at 7.30. 8.30, Trevor Lane from Lakers Nation. Um, so a lot of good conversations. And uh, one of the topics that's uh, making its way uh, around Laker Nation right now is Rajan Rondo. So let me kind of uh, spend a little time on this. Adrian Wojnarowski put out – the rumors were out there that uh, Rondo was going to get bought out. But let me read off what uh, Woj put out there, and then uh, we'll react to Rajon Rondo, uh, his return to the Los Angeles Lakers, what that means. Plus, a little bit later in the show, we're hearing some rumors about DeAndre Jordan. We'll talk about that. Lakers schedule came out last week. We'll kind of highlight some of the uh, – um, points on uh, just what dates to look out for. Some different Lakers are going to return, so we got a slew of things to get into. Um, so Rondo, this is Woj's tweet. Rajon Rondo plans to sign a one-year, $2.6 million deal with the Lakers upon clearing waivers today. Sources tell ESPN he agreed to a contract, buy- contract buyout with Memphis on Saturday. Rondo will still make his full $7.5 million salary this season between the buyout and the new deal. So that came from Woj. Um, you know, what, one of the things that kind of stands out to me, getting the opportunity and the chance to do this show, doing the pregame show, um, obviously uh, a couple hits I do during the game and then doing the postgame show, there is a ton of uh, reaction that I get and comments that I get from Laker fans out there. And there's kind of a theme to what happened last season. One of the themes was, um, man, do the Lakers miss Dwight Howard? Wow, that player would have been so amazing to have on this roster and this team. Why did the Lakers let Dwight Howard go? You heard that conversation a ton last season. And by the way, not too far behind that were conversations about what Rajon Rondo meant to the Lakers, specifically in the playoffs. I mean, you know, everybody knows and they understand there's a reason why Rondo is labeled playoff Rondo. It's the type of asset that he is during the postseason how key and crucial he was to Lakers championship in uh, 2020 and grabbing championship number 17. 
I, I stop at Rondo for a quick second because it's interesting. After they won an NBA championship, there were certain players that you thought were going to go out there and get paid. Rajon Rondo was one of those players. Now Danny Green was still under contract. Dwight went for the minimum. JaVale ended up in you know Cleveland and then eventually traded to Denver, whatever the case is. So not every player, the story was the same. But for Rondo, that playoff run and how significant he was, how significant of a piece he was for the Lakers, he ended up going to get paid. And it wasn't about signing with a championship team. It was, let me go get one more contract um, as I get to the you know latter part of my career. And my career could be over in a couple of years or whatever the case is. I'm sure he's going to stay around the NBA and decide whatever he does after that, some type of role, some type of capacity. So he signs a two-year deal for $15 million with the Atlanta Hawks. But then he still finds a way to be on a championship team when he eventually gets traded at the trade deadline. If you guys remember, Lou Williams, Rajon Rondo, that was a deal, ends up with the Clippers. Um, Obviously, the Clippers had actually a really good run. Kawhi gets hurt. That, That stops at the Western Conference Finals. And Rondo wasn't actually used very much. Um, it's not like Rondo was having the type of impact in the playoffs with the Clippers like he did with the Lakers the year prior. Lakers were using Rajon Rondo. In Orlando, there were plenty of games where Rondo was logging some you know, major minutes, critical minutes. For the Clippers, that wasn't the case. It was Patrick Beverly. It was... Um, uh, it was um, uh, why am I forgetting here? Whether it was Paul George or whatever the case is, they had... Um, a ton of guards that they were using, and specifically for the Clippers, they weren't playing that much Rajon Rondo, but he still got his money, and and here we are now when the dust settles. He's going to end up with the Los Angeles Lakers, had got that $15 million contract, and he comes to a team that is Reggie Jackson. That's the name I was looking for, Reggie Jackson. So Reggie Jackson obviously was getting a ton of playing time and was performing for the Clippers. So Rondo's going to end up on this Lakers team again, and he's going to do it after he signed that $15 million contract. And the Lakers will only have to pay the $2.6 million. That's what they'll owe. And he'll end up with, with the full amount of money that he's supposed to get. So the reason why I kind of you know give the background on this for Rondo, a two-time champion, won a championship with the Lakers, um, I, I give the background because Rondo is such a unique story when it comes to what he has left to give on a championship roster like the Lakers. I don't expect Rajon Rondo this upcoming season to be playing 80 games, even if he's completely healthy. And in the games that he does play, I don't expect him to be playing 25 or 30 minutes. Rondo is actually going to end up very similar to some of those other players that um, the Lakers signed in the offseason. I'll explain to you what I mean by this. So we all know the criticism that the Lakers have got. If there's any criticism of what the Lakers have done so far this summer... Um, and and maybe still another piece or two left for the Lakers to do. But the criticism has been the players they signed are too old. And, you know, it's been a laundry list of Carmelo Anthony, Dwight Howard, Trevor Ariza. We obviously already know LeBron James' age. Marc Gasol is towards the end of his career. So you signed all these older players. And a lot of uh, critics out there were not a fan of the Lakers' moves because of the age. And I'm going to put Rondo in the same category as I put all those other players. And this is why I couldn't disagree more with people out there that didn't like the Lakers going out and getting players who are at this stage of their career, and this is how old they are. 
none of these players that I just listed out other than LeBron James will the Lakers be depending that much on. All of them will have their piece. You know, all of them will play between 12 and 20 minutes a game on average, let's just say, right? Maybe there's some games where that's not going to be the case. But you're not expecting any of these players to give you 82 games. You're not expecting any of these players to log you big minutes. And I think Rondo falls directly into that category with some of these offseason acquisitions the Lakers made. But this is the difference between Rajon Rondo and all those other players. Um, I, I'm not saying that none of those guys are great locker room guys as well because they are. But Rondo adds just a different element. You know, that, that the dude's a champion. He knows how to win. There's a lot of times I remember during that championship run, LeBron would mention Rondo's name, or Anthony Davis would mention Rondo, or another player out there with the Lakers would say, well, this was Rondo's significance or impact in this game, and it wasn't even on the court. It was actually off the court what he was doing, or was at practice yesterday during a film session. This is what he brought to the table. Rondo is a very, very unique player from that standpoint. Uh, I think he could have a tremendous amount of impact this up- upcoming season. And I'm not referring to and I'm not talking about him being out there for every single game. And, and I think Laker fans understand that. Is he a year older than what he was when the Lakers won a championship? Yeah, he is. But l- look at the depth that the Lakers now have, especially that point guard position. You know, something I, I was telling Funches when we were doing our uh, our rundown and just kind of game planning for tonight's show, saying, you know what I'm interested about is that connection between Rondo and Westbrook. How can Rondo help Westbrook? Um, you know, Russell Westbrook, it's not like the guy hasn't been in the league for a long time, but the the more players like Rondo you have on your team, I think it's only a benefit. And once this becomes official and once Rajon Rondo ends up with the Los Angeles Lakers, um, I, I definitely think – Uh, it's going to be another impactful player that the Lakers can have, and it doesn't have to be a player that's on the floor X amount of minutes a game. Because if you're expecting Rondo, and I don't think anybody is, um, to play significant minutes, that's not going to happen. Now, that can change in the playoffs, because in the postseason, everything changes. The game slows down. You get more rest, and that's where I think Rondo's going to have more of his impact actually on the court. But during the season, he'll still be impactful. And all of a sudden, the Lakers now, if you look at just kind of some of their depth from that point guard position, you got LeBron that can obviously control the ball, bring up the ball, and so forth. Russell Westbrook, he's a natural point guard. Yes, is it different? He's not going to be, he's not your Chris Paul or Mike Conley or, you know, your more traditional point guard. He plays a different type of style, but obviously he can control the ball. You brought in Kendrick Nunn, um, who's a playmaker and can certainly play off the ball as well, but primarily a playmaker, and you got Rajon Rondo as well. So now you have a number of players that the Lakers can rely on uh, to get them into sets, get them in the offense, but Rondo is just going to be a completely different piece that I think if you would have said before the season, uh, before the offseason started, the Lakers would end up with Dwight Howard and they'd end up with Rajon Rondo, I don't think you'd have many Laker fans that would be do- too disappointed with that. Um, they... they Certainly, will bring, and I'll bring. I'll put both of those two guys together. They'll bring an aspect to this Lakers team that not only has championship pedigree, um, not only was part of the you know the key role players that helped them win a championship two years ago, but I think um, 
and, and I don't think the Lakers, you know, if the question is, well, are the Lakers just doing this because they won with these guys, you know, a year and a half ago or whatever, a year ago. Actually, it was a year ago because of the uh, the bubble. Did they um, did they just bring these guys back because of that? No, I don't think it's just that. I think they actually can use a guy like Rondo, and I think they could actually use a guy like Dwight Howard. I'll throw out the phone number, and, you know, we, we can kind of continue to talk about what Rajon Rondo will bring to the Lakers and, um, you know, his addition, having him back. Phone number is 877-710-ESPN. You know for Lakers talk, you don't need an invitation. If you're a Laker fan out there and you want to talk Lakers basketball, you can pick, pick up the phone at any time, and we'll have that conversation. But Woj is reporting that Rondo um, will clear waivers today, and Lakers will make it, uh, I'm assuming here, official, you know, over the next a couple of days or so, but expect Rondo to obviously be back with the Lakers. Okay, there's another name out there that I want to get into, and we're going to do that coming up next. Um, another name being floated around that has some ties uh, to the city of Los Angeles, and I'm talking about DeAndre Jordan. So DeAndre Jordan will most likely be bought out uh, by the Brooklyn Nets, and the question I want to throw out to Laker fans out there, if you're – if you have to pick between these two centers, because there was a game plan that the Lakers had uh, in that last championship run where it was DeAndre Jordan, or I'm sorry, it was JaVale McGee and it was Dwight Howard, and then it completely changed this past season where it was Montres Harrell and Marc Gasol. If you had to pick between DeAndre Jordan and Marc Gasol, who, would you, who do you think would be a better fit for the Lakers this upcoming season? We'll talk about this potential buyout with DeAndre Jordan. So that's all coming up next. Just a quick reminder, Brian Windhorse coming up at 7.30. Laker fans, thank you for tuning in. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. All right, phone number is 877-710-ESPN. You know, it's kind of kind of interesting here. Laker offseason, Lakers make all the moves they did. Still got a couple roster spots left, and now, you know, this isn't a surprise. Lakers usually rumored around certain players. Uh, let's just say uh, Lakers get a lot of attention. Rondo is going to come back to the Lake Show. There's another player being rumored to potentially come to the Lakers. Before I get into that, Funches, you had put down here that, corner some reports, the Lakers wanted, went with Rondo instead of Isaiah Thomas. Yes, according to Mark Stein, yes, the Lakers went with Rondo instead of Isaiah. If if we, if we the Lakers didn't get a Rondo, they would have went Isaiah Thomas. So I, I, I stop with that and I, you know, I kind of take, I, I think about it for a second. I'm like, all right, so let me just... Let me look at Isaiah Thomas, and I'm a, I'm a dude that's you know said it on the air. It's probably a couple weeks ago when that video came out. He put up the 81 points in that summer league, Seattle, the Jamal Crawford league that he has out there in Seattle. And I talked about how um, I'd love to see Isaiah Thomas end up with another team and kind of find a way to go get that contract that he didn't get um, after he got his injury. Uh, but if I got to compare these two players, got to be honest, it's not much of a comparison for me. And that has to do with the fact that, of course, Rondo's already won a championship with the Lakers, but 
that's an element I think that's more important than whatever Isaiah Thomas would be able to bring on the Lakers and go out there and get buckets, and that's what the guy is. That's what he's proved in his NBA career, that you give him the ball, he's going to find a way to put it in the basket. He's, I think he could be more of an asset for another team. I think Rondo obviously would be more of an asset for the Lakers. So um, that piece, I want to see Isaiah do well. I just think the Lakers are much better off with Rajon Rondo. Um, okay, let me... Let me before I take a couple calls here. I want to just hit real quick on this DeAndre Jordan uh, stuff. So there's a tweet from Bleacher Reports. Jake Fisher. Jake Fisher's been on the show a couple times. One suitor to keep an eye on. Sources said should DeAndre Jordan and the Brooklyn Nets reach a contract buyout is the Los Angeles Lakers. So DeAndre Jordan, 33 years old, started in 43 games last year with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, you know, first thing I think of is. When I think of DeAndre Jordan, I'm like, okay, well, let's think of the type of center that DeAndre Jordan is. Is that not almost identical to the type of game JaVale McGee brought to the Lakers a couple years ago? JaVale McGee brought to the Golden State Warriors when they were winning the NBA, uh, when they went on that run of winning championships or getting to the finals every year for five years. It's a very close comp. So DeAndre Jordan, um, we'll see if he gets bought out. I think. Uh, Shams put it out that that's just it's it, it's going to happen. It's just a matter of when it happens, and then we'll see what DeAndre Jordan does. Uh, that's actually going to be a good question. I want I want to get uh, Brian Windhorst thoughts at this on this uh, at seven thirty. Um, but he's obviously a rim protector, screen and roll guy, someone who can run up and down the court. It, it's a similar game plan to what the Lakers had back in that twenty twenty championship when it was Dwight and Javale. It would be Dwight and DeAndre Jordan. I guess you know the question is this: Mark Stein put out. Um, uh, put out a, a tweet. I'm hearing that Marcus All is not a lock to return to the Lakers. I don't know if it's a tweet or in his podcast or whatever. Uh, um, it was in one of his columns. Okay, one of his columns. That's right, one of his columns. So, if the Lakers have to choose between Marcus Marc All and DeAndre Jordan, if, if it comes down to that, now Lakers still have a few roster spots left. Maybe they wouldn't do that. But to be honest with you, I don't know what you're going to do with DeAndre Jordan, Dwight Howard, and Marcus All. It seems like. And you want AD to play the five as well. It seems like you would eventually make a decision here. If you're getting DeAndre Jordan, you probably have something in mind for Marcus All, which doesn't mean that he'd be, um, you know, obviously uh, here with the Los Angeles Lakers. But if you're picking between the two centers, I kind of actually find myself, and I might be on the, I might be by myself on this one. I might be the minority on this one. I think I lean more towards Marcus All. And let me kind of explain why. Dwight Howard's already going to give something to the Lakers that they lacked last year, which is somebody who could come in, push around a couple people, give you 15 to 20 solid minutes, block a couple shots, grab some rebounds, be an intimidator and a rim protector down low. And I feel like Marcus Gasol, even though he's further on in his career, can offer something that, you know, obviously DeAndre Jordan can't. There's some... Um, it's repetitive what DeAndre Jordan and Dwight Howard bring if they're both on the same team. Now, that game plan already worked a year ago, so I'm kind of shooting myself in the foot when I'm making this argument. But I feel like Gasol actually brings something that's really unique at the center position. And even though, you know, Marc Gasol obviously wasn't a player last year where Laker fans were raving about how great he was, he's going to have some help. Dwight's going to fill in that role. And throw Dwight out or uh, we're going to hopefully have Anthony Davis play a little bit more of the five this year and Lakers you know in some cases will go a little bit smaller but I kind of my initial gut reaction is 
first of all, DeAndre is only 33 years old, so that's an advantage. But DeAndre, he really was incredibly insignificant for the Brooklyn Nets, especially towards the end of the season in the playoffs. And I don't know what the reason is for that, but obviously the Nets didn't use it. Yeah, you got a lot of DMP CDs. A lot of DMPs. A lot of DMPs. So, and I, I don't know what the reason is for that. You know, I'm obviously not watching every Brooklyn Nets game, so I don't, I don't know how that works. I know they ended up getting Blake Griffin in the, um, you know, at some point in the uh, buyout market, and at some point got Lamarcus Aldridge, and then Lamarcus Aldridge had to retire. So, uh, we'll see how that one plays out. Let me uh, grab a couple quick calls here. Let's go to Daniel in Santa Monica. Daniel, uh, thank you for calling in, bud. You're on Lakers talk. Thanks for taking my call, Alan. Huge, huge fan of the show. Um, big time Laker fan. Um, you know, I just want to chime in on the DeAndre Jordan thing real quick and then also ask you a question about um, our, our wing presence. Um, but, you know, honestly, I think the DeAndre Jordan thing doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. It wasn't very long ago in Houston that we saw um, uh, the Rockets have to ship out basically an all star level center in Clint Capella. Um, to accommodate Westbrook's style play, which I'm excited. I'm excited about Westbrook. I'm excited about the season, but it almost doesn't really make sense. And it almost makes sense to keep Marcus Ole in that regard because he's got a little bit of a shooting capability and stretching the floor there. Um, you know, I, you know, deep down inside, I wish Anthony Davis would just get a different trainer, bulk up, and play center more often. Um, but that's a different. That's a whole different conversation. Uh, so that's my kind of take on, on DeAndre Jordan. doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. And I think the reason why he had a lot of DNPs last season is because their young guy uh, was just a lot more productive for them. And, and then my, my, my real question and my real concern, guys, for this season isn't necessarily with the, the roster we have now, but it looks like we're missing that athletic kind of wing defender that is so important to a championship team. Ariza was that guy for us back in 2010. He can't be the guy. He can't be that guy for us. And I'm looking at our roster. I know it's not Mello, and it, it sort of looks like Ariza would be that guy. But what do you what do you think? Are we really going to start Ariza uh, at the three? Or uh, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. What do you what's your take on on what seems to be a lack uh, in, in the in the wing department on our team? Appreciate uh, appreciate you calling in, Daniel. I'll I'll answer that real quick. One thing I want to go back to you said about. Um, about DeAndre Jordan, I thought was interesting, and and I think the DeAndre fit and um, you know what he would do on this Lakers roster and what what would be his role or his significance. I'm not really worried about him and Westbrook or any of that stuff. I think ultimately the Lakers are finding ways to get incredible value on players. Uh, just think about it. I mean, all the guys that the Lakers got, whether it's Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo, who you know obviously they're about to get Trevor Reza, like you mentioned. They're getting these guys for nearly nothing. Kent Bazemore, Kendrick Nunn was only five point something million. Um, they're they're basically getting valuable players. The the point I'm making is there isn't risk. If they end up with DeAndre Jordan, there's not much of a risk unless the risk is, you know, you got a different style of player. Marcus is not there anymore. There's no risk in getting Rajon Rondo. None at all. It's not like you're paying him uh, twenty five million dollars or fifteen million dollars a year or something like that. So they're able to kind of get some of these guys without risk. Who's going to play the wing? I, I, Lakers stocked up on guards, right? They stocked up on guards. They did. Cam Bazemore, Wayne Ellington, um, Trevor Reza's at an age where you're not going to rely on this guy. Who's going to start at three? LeBron's going to start at three. AD's going to start at four. And the and the and the, the point Daniel made about you know I hope Anthony Davis bulks up and starts playing more of the five. To be honest with you, during the regular season, 
I think it's not that big of a deal if he's not playing the five. I know every Laker fan wants to see him play more of the five. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Playoff time, it's a big deal. It is a big deal. Um, that is the biggest advantage the Lakers have every time they step on the floor is there is no answer for Anthony Davis. There just isn't. That's how skilled he is. And what he does on the defensive side as well when he's guarding a Jokic or guarding some of these other players, I mean, it's it's a big deal, but it's more of a big deal come playoff time. Um, okay, Funches, I'm going to squeeze in one more quick call here. Just one more quick call here. Eric in L.A., you're on Lakers Talk. What's going on, Eric? Deuce, deuce. Double duty. Don't say that I got a Murphy bed. Fist pumping Alan Sliwa. What, what is up, man? What's going on, Eric? Thank you for calling in. All right, so Funches already told me before I took the call, we got to go to break. So I got to go quick on this one. All right, so real quick. I like Rondo because he's going to be the knob bro to LeBron. LeBron, not a coach in his career, has told him no. Rondo is the guy that's going to tell LeBron James no, which will tell me that he's going to tell Westbrook no when he dribbles too much and does his own thing. Remember last year, Anthony Davis would have never hit that game winner against Denver if it wasn't for Rondo. That play was called for LeBron. Rondo said no. I'm going to give it to AD for the game winner. And that's what happened. That's what Rondo gives you. Um, Note of uh, DeAndre Jordan. What we need is a big that shoots from the outside. To me, that's what we need. We need another big. Uh, Marcus all fits that bill. If it's not him, maybe like an Aaron Baines. Someone like that, but the key is, and, and I said this to bunches, and, I, and Alan, you brought it, you brought it up. AD at the five, man. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to bang with the bigs, but is there that many bigs in the league? Embiid, Jokic, that's what we got the White Howard for. AD at the five with these Lakers. I, I think, Eric, so I, I, think I think it's going to happen. I appreciate you calling in. All valid points. Um, I, I think the Rondo case with accountability. No, that's that's a great one. Rondo is, first of all, he's got the respect. It's not like the guy just runs his mouth. He's got the respect of so many different players in the league that he can say something. Someone's going to sit back and listen. Oh, by the way, Rondo makes a lot of sense when he's talking, obviously, basketball, one of the most knowledgeable players in the history of the game. So I think there's that piece of it. The AD at the five, it's not the first time I've heard it. It won't be the last time I hear it. But again, less less critical in the regular season you want him fresh for the playoffs, and I do get it. It's not like you're banging the way, the way you were back in the 90s or whatever the case was, at least from a center's perspective. I think we'll see more of that come playoff time. Brian Windhorst coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any 8-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature 8-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number 8, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. 
better because it has to be. All right, welcome back to Lakers Talk. A frequent guest on the show. Always appreciate him making some time. Brian Windhorse covers the NBA for ESPN, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. What's going on, Brian? How's your summer going? Alan, I've got nothing to complain about. Well, we, uh, we're we getting closer here. We're not that far away, actually, from training camp starting and then preseason starting, and then the grind will really start from there. Um, I, I want to you know, get your opinion, get your thoughts on this. I know it's not official yet, but Wojo's reporting that um, probably by tomorrow it looks like Rondo will officially be a Los Angeles Laker again. Um, just your initial thoughts here um, on, on what you think the Rondo addition could mean for the Lakers. Obviously, they've won a championship with him. He's been on this roster before. Um, what, what, what do you think this move provides for the Lakers? How big do you think it is? Uh, how, how much do you think he's going to be able to contribute? Right, well, there's two things I think you have to realize about this. I think one is that I know Lakers fans know this. Uh, they're used to this. Um, but it's good to remind yourself of it in the summer, is that when the Lakers make roster decisions, a lot of them are not predicated on the 82-game regular season. A lot of them are predicated on the playoffs. And so when you see a move like Rondo, when you see some of the other signings that they've made, they're, they're doing that thinking about playoff series. And this is certainly a playoff move. Um, and so what Rondo may or may not do in the regular season, as we all saw two years ago, um, is you know not really relevant to why he's being signed. Um, the other thing I would say is that one of the things that the Lakers really felt they were missing last season, and this is again, this is not you know doesn't take super insight, is is creators and ball handlers, and that's you know and that's why they went out and got Westbrook, and that's why they wanted Rondo. Not because I think Rondo's going to play a lot of minutes, but because in case they need another ball handler, you know, to to, to protect themselves. Uh, as you know, Alan, they have an older team. They need to have some redundancies. So um, the ability to get Rondo, um, I know that uh, several people have pointed out, this is the f- in the last three years, it's the fourth time a Memphis Grizzly has been released and signed by the Lakers. Um, Dwight Howard, um, uh, uh, Avery Bradley, Rondo, I can't remember the other one. Um, this, you know, this is something the Lakers have had some pretty good success. Oh, Deion Waiters. Um, have had some pretty good success with uh, picking up role players who are getting paid by the Grizzlies. Well, and it's interesting, too, and I like you making that mention because I think there's a lot of players on this Lakers team, and as much as made about the age of the, the players on this roster, I think Rondo, who I'm not saying this is – I don't want to compare this as an exact uh, match, but some of the other veterans they signed on this team – a lot of them, they're not going to. They're not going to be asked to play 30 minutes a game. They're not going to be asked to, you know, contribute every single game over an 82 game stretch. Now that could change come postseason. And um, obviously, players like Rajon Rondo. There's a reason why he's labeled playoff Rondo. He was fantastic for the Lakers in that playoff run. Uh, there's a reason why players like that can excel in the postseason. Do you think now with Russell Westbrook? Kendrick Nunn, Rajon Rondo, you got three players there, obviously, from a playmaking ability standpoint, all at the point guard position. Just h- how much how much different are the Lakers um, in that point guard position and, and still kind of understanding that a lot of times LeBron is going to control the ball and also bring the ball to the floor? Yeah, and obviously, um, uh, you know, uh, Kendrick Nunn can play off the ball, of course. Uh, he's a versatile, he's a combo guard. So you don't, you don't, you know, he, has, he does play point guard, but he can play off the, off the ball as well. And, you know, we talk about the age of the team. I'm not really worried about their age at all. Um, you, know, it, you know, if you have really good old guys, 
those are the types of guys that you want. And by the way, they did sign some younger guys. You know, they sure. signed Malik Monk. You know, they 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 got none. Those guys are going to play big minutes for them this year. Taylor Horton Tucker, I assume, is going to be taking on a significant role. They're going to have quite a few young guys in the rotation. What I'm worried about is not their ball handling, even though they're worried about it. And, and you can tell that, you know, LeBron wanted to protect his, uh, you, know, you, know, you know, protect himself a little bit on having to handle the ball. Um, I'm worried about their defense, Alan, because the, the thing that made the Lakers a championship, I mean, LeBron and AD made them a championship team. Okay. I mean, but their signature has been their defense. And one of the most impressive things that was going on all of last year in the whole NBA Seriously, is when LeBron and AD went out with injury and the Lakers, you know, kept themselves in position, at least make the playoffs, which is not simple. It's a Western Conference when you have two top seven, eight players in the league out. Um, they've improved defensively. They have, their calling card since Frank Vogel got there has been great defense. And, you know, had they, you know, not had the injuries in the, in the Phoenix series and won that series, which is probably what they would have done, and they'd gone to the finals again, they would have got there because of uh, their defense. And so they've kind of, you know, taken out so many of their core defensive players. And I just wonder if that can be built back up. I don't, I'm not saying it's impossible. They have some defensive guys on the roster. I mean, certainly uh, Horton Tucker is, certainly Ariza is, um, you know, LeBron and AD are. But I do need to see that. I do need to see them. Uh, build their defense back up because most of the players they've acquired uh, are not good defensively. Westbrook is not good defensively. Melo is not good defensively. Um, you know, and even Rondo, to a certain extent, on an average night, he's not the player that he used to be. So um, that's what I'm going to be looking for in November, December. Can they develop the type of defensive identity that they have in the last couple of years? Brian Windhorst covers the NBA for ESPN, taking some time to join Lakers Talk. Um, Brian, there's a report out there that DeAndre Jordan most likely uh, will get bought out by the uh, Brooklyn Nets, and potentially that could be a target for the Los Angeles Lakers. He might have some interest in the Lakers. Just, just your thoughts on a potential fit. Would, would DeAndre Jordan be the right fit for the Lakers? Would that... Are, are you, if you're having to choose between DeAndre and what his strengths are with a guy like Marc Gasol, what do you think would be the right uh, – uh, between those two players, which one would be the right fit? Just just your thoughts specifically on DeAndre. Well, Gasol and, and DeAndre are very different guys. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know whether they could keep all three centers. Um, you know, I, I, you know that depends on various factors if, if DeAndre Jordan becomes available. DeAndre has more gas in the tank than Mark does. Uh, I don't think, again, you need to be a high-level basketball person to realize that. Although, just to be clear, DeAndre is the shell of the player that he even was in Dallas uh, a couple of years ago, much less the player that he was as a flipper. Uh, I don't know why, but he, you know, he's up there in age a little bit, but he's really lost uh, a lot of his, um, his you know, defensive intensity. That said, he is a still an elite basket defender and an elite rebounder. Um, he is he is very limited offensively, and so if you played with him out there, you'd really have to make sure you had other shooters out there. Um, and, you know, the Lakers are equipped to, to put lineups out there like that. They have guys who can play the four who can shoot, like Carmelo or Ariza. Um, so they could do it. And I definitely think if you could get him at a, at a veteran minimum, you definitely would want to take him. 
and it would be up to Frank Vogel to decide what his role would be because you know he's kind of like Dwight Howard in that regard in that he can he can get around and he you know in in theory can move pretty well and, and do some things defensively and get rebounds but he's you know he's going to get in your way so um, but you know two years ago when the Lakers won the title they had two athletic centers who were basket defenders who were not floor stretchers in JaVale and, uh, and Dwight. And those guys were a key part of the great defense that that team had. So, you know, I've just talked about how I'm a little bit worried about their defense. That's a defensive player you could get on the cheap. Uh, I don't know if he'd work out, but I think you definitely would have to seriously consider that. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, Brian, you, when you bring up that championship, the 2019-2020 championship, because – you're right. DeAndre is much closer. His style is much closer to JaVale McGee. And trying to compare two centers like DeAndre and Marcus All, you can't. I mean, they're like as polar opposites as as they possibly can be, and they each have their own strengths, weaknesses, whatever the case is. <laughs> Alan, uh, I don't even want DeAndre to touch the ball on offense unless he's getting an <laughs> offensive rebound. Whereas Gasol, yeah, he can do a lot of things with the ball. Yeah, and I and I think that's that's the question is okay. Well, if you had to choose between the two, it would there be too much redundancy with having DeAndre and um, and uh, and Dwight Howard? But you can't really say there would be because that's that was the blueprint when they won that championship. So it's not, when I say blueprint, as in you had two centers that played that similar style. So we'll see what happens in that position. But uh, Lakers obviously still a few roster spots available. Um, I want to shift for a quick second here, Brian, to the just the Western Conference in general. So now that you know we have a good idea of what most teams look like, we'll see if anything else happens, anything else that kind of changes the scope of things. But just looking at the Western Conference right now, if you were if you're ranking the top three teams in the West, knowing what you know today, how how would that look for you? And and I'm actually looking, you know, almost putting this in order, right? Of of who you think the top three teams in the Western Conference are. How would you uh, rank them? Yeah. So um, you know, the win totals. The casinos just came out with their win totals, the projections for who's going to have the best record. And quite frankly, they were having a difficult time doing exactly what you just asked. Who's the best team in the West? Um, and um, they basically have three teams kind of tied. Uh, Lakers, Suns, and Jazz, they have all of them projecting with 50 to 52 wins, which 52-win season is great, but typically the best team in a conference is going to have 57, 60, 60 wins. So what, the, what, the, what those people think, and I, I respect their knowledge, and I sort of see the same thing is, There'll be a lot of parity in the West. I know that parity is that has been uh, the case in the West for a long time, but I think even parity at the top, where you're going to see teams, you know, depending on the night, depending on how the Lakers are health-wise, depending on how they're feeling, and we just have some some question marks. You know, we don't know how good the Golden State Warriors are going to be. You know, uh, Vegas thinks they're going to be good. They actually had the Lakers at a 51 and a half over under, and they had the Warriors at 48 and a half. So they think that they're kind of kind of be neck and neck. Um, and, you know, one of the other teams that we don't really know what's going to happen with um, is the, the Mavericks. Uh, you know, the Mavericks didn't really vastly improve in the offseason. In my view, they, they did a couple of little things. They brought in uh, Reggie Bullock in free agency, uh, basically to replace Josh Richardson, who they uh, traded away. Um, but they're basically saying that, you know, uh, 
Luca is going to get better and that Porzingis, a year, more than a year off of his most recent knee surgery, will be better. I don't know if that's true or not. So um, I have a difficult time projecting who's going to be at the top, and that's another reason why I think um, a lot of the first parts of the season for the Lakers are going to kind of be exploratory. And if they're in sixth or seventh place uh, on Christmas, or if they're in second place on Christmas, um, I think that you know, you're not going to really want to judge them until they get their feet underneath them and until they're into February and March. And because of the nature of the West, I don't think, I think the standings will probably be pretty close and the seeding will probably be you know, somewhat irrelevant uh, because I think the teams are going to be so evenly matched. Yeah, it's, it's funny, Brian, because you know, I, I think every team – it just depends, um, you know, for the Suns in Utah, it was important last season to, hey, who cares if other teams are getting injured or whether we can't pay any attention to that. Let's win as many games as we can. And if uh, fans are back in the arena by the time the playoffs start, then great. Now we, we have home court if we're playing the Lakers or if you're the Utah Jazz, whoever you're playing, whatever the case is. I, I, I'm always curious about the Lakers, especially with LeBron, Okay, is is the regular season is home court? Is it crucial? Or how important is it? And I'm just this season's another perfect example. You mentioned there's some young players that they added. You mentioned THT. Anthony Davis is just 28. Westbrook's 32. So it's not like the Lakers. Every guy is you know over the age of 35 or something along those lines. But I, I wonder strategically for the Lakers, are, are you when Vegas puts that win total out, how much of it is? Well, the Lakers are just preparing for the playoffs while other teams think, no, no, if we don't have home court, we probably have no shot of uh, uh, beating a, a team like the Lakers in a seven-game set. For sure. I think that's what they're saying. And um, the other thing is, I don't know. I mean, how Anthony Davis will miss games. You, we all know this. Hopefully not that many, but he's going to miss games. Russell Westbrook is been managing his knees and managing his other injuries for the last couple of years. He has been skipping back-to-backs uh, a little bit over the last couple of years. So he's going to miss some games. Um, you know, some of those older players, you're just going to want to protect them. Do you really want some of those older guys playing them back-to-back? No, you don't. Well, there, you know, I don't have the Lakers schedule in front of me, but will there be second nights of back-to-backs in Denver uh, or in Portland, uh, you know, or in Dallas, or, you know, when they go on some East Coast trip and they're on the second night of a back-to-back? Uh, you know, in their, you know, in a in a place where it's the, one of the biggest games of the year for the other team, and they're all riled up, and you know, they, you know, they're in Charlotte, and so they're not playing everybody, and they're, they're going to take some losses in those situations. Yeah, I, I think they're the type of team that will do that, uh, but I also think they're the type of team that when they need to be ready, they'll be ready because they're all, all of their guys uh, are. You know, there's way more. If you look at you know the the guys on this roster, there's a bunch of guys who have won rings in different situations. Uh, with Rondo, obviously, with Ariza, um, with LeBron. And so um, I won't be worried about where they are and what their record is, and I don't think they will be either, and I think Vegas is reflecting that and setting that line. Brian, uh, always appreciate it, buddy, and we're not too far away. So ho- hopefully the next chat we have, we're actually watching a game, maybe a preseason game. So thank you for uh, thanks for taking the time. Always appreciate your insight, and I know uh, Laker fans do as well. So thanks for taking the time, bud. Thanks, Alan. Have a great week. All right, that is uh, Brian Windhorse right there. A couple things I want to hit on from what he said. And really, he kind of went into the best teams in the Western Conference, ranked the three, and he kind of threw it back to, well, this is what Vegas thinks um, the win totals are going to be. So 
Let, let's want to do a combination of things when we come back. I want to talk about how important home court's going to be for the Lakers this upcoming season. And I say that because I think that has something to do with why Vegas and puts the Lakers, the Suns, and the Utah Jazz really kind of right there on win totals. And the other thing I want to look at is schedule came out last week. Of course, right when I left, the schedule comes out. And uh, that comes out. And we kind of really haven't got a chance at all to kind of react to it. There's some key dates that are coming up, some players that I think Laker fans are going to, are going to want to see whether good or bad or whatever, indifferent when they come to L.A., uh, kind of break down the first 12 of the first 15 games are at Staples Center. So all that coming up next. Top NBA stories coming up at 8 o'clock with Funches. Stay right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Nice summer evening here. Playing a little reggae. Got Funches and Pellet back there uh, handling the music. Thank you to Brian Windhorse for taking some time to join the show. Um, Windhorse, by the way, so one of his concerns about the Lakers is defense this upcoming season, that the Lakers, the last two years, that's been their foundation. I, I know it's easy. We look at the the big names, LeBron, Anthony Davis, but obviously the Lakers have been fantastic from a defensive perspective. This upcoming season, he says, that's a question mark right there. He's got to be convinced that this, season, this team can have the same type of um, effect, I guess you can say, like they did uh, these last couple of years and certainly – uh, specifically that championship run. Another thing that he mentioned, you know, I asked him the best teams in the Western Conference. So let let me let me kind of break this down here. Over under for 50 for the Lakers according to Caesar's sportsbook. Okay? And this is going to kind of go to the point of um it's a very similar topic we have every season. And that's okay, well how important is home court advantage? How much of a priority is home court advantage going to be for the Lakers? So just, by the way, give everybody a quick idea. So the um, Lakers and the Utah Jazz in the Western Conference each opened at 51.5 wins this upcoming year. Remember, we're going back to 82 games. Um, The Milwaukee Bucks, 53.5, and the Brooklyn Nets, 54.5. So that's... You could say your top four teams. Philly was also tied at 51.5. Phoenix came in at 50.5. So there's five, six teams right there that uh, just gives you an idea of where they, they put these teams and their win totals. So when I asked Windhorse, you know, what he thinks about the regular season, how critical it's going to be, um, I, I always go back to this with the Lakers. And I always go back to, you know, we said it all last season. We always say, well, it just got to be healthy for the playoffs. And the regular season doesn't matter. I, I don't I don't fall too much into that where it's like, okay, well, the regular season, literally you could be a six seed or a seven seed or eight seed and everything's fine. I, I don't want to see that from the Lakers. I do think they'll actually prioritize the regular season to an extent, you know, as long as it's not affecting anything in the playoffs. I think it will be a priority. Um, but I think just naturally the Lakers will stack up a ton of victories because of the talent that they have, because it's LeBron, Anthony Davis, Russell Westbrook. Still kind of weird to say that. Um, I think naturally you're just going to get a lot of wins because of that. But the reason why the Utah Jazz and the Phoenix Suns, Vegas has them so close to win totals with the Lakers, is because other teams are going to value home court more. That's just not anything that you could avoid. That's the reality of the situation. The situation is the Phoenix Suns, have to have home court if they're going to win a seven-game set against the Lakers if the Lakers are healthy. And that doesn't guarantee in them anything. It just gives them better odds if they have a game seven potentially in their house. 
Same thing with the Utah Jazz. Same thing for the Denver Nuggets. A lot of these teams are going to prioritize home court in the regular season because they don't have the talent that the Lakers do. It's not. This isn't a difficult one to comprehend or, or to understand. From a Lakers perspective, I think to an extent they will pay a great deal of attention to the regular season. But ultimately, at the end of the day for the Lakers, can they still win a championship if they're not top four in the Western Conference? Of course they can. But you want to do everything you can to give yourself the best odds, and it would be nice that they're not in a predicament or a situation that if a series did go to seven, that they had to win on the road, even though they can win on the road and probably still would be favored to win on the road. So I'm not paying too close of attention to that 51.5 or whatever that number Caesar Sportsbook gave. But the reason why the Lakers are so close to some of these other teams, other teams will value the regular season more. Other teams will have their stars play more during the regular season because they figure that's one advantage they're going to need if they're going to face the Lakers. Okay, so the schedule for the Lakers, let me uh, break down a couple things here. 12 of the Lakers' first 15 games will be at home. Only three playoff teams in those 12 games, the Suns, Grizzlies, and the Heat. What I'm basically trying to tell you here is that um, the Lakers got a favorable schedule to start off the season. Um, they got the Warriors October 19th, obviously. The next game, the second game, is October 22nd. They got the Suns, so a rematch of that first round of the playoffs. Um, both of those games at Staples Center. And then I think some interesting dates that the Lakers kind of listed down. By the way, Mike Trudell did a great piece on this on Lakers.com, so just a heads up here. Um, if you want to see some former Lakers, I'll throw out a couple dates at you. November 15th. Alex Caruso makes his return to the Los Angeles Lakers, this time in a Chicago Bulls jersey. How weird is it going to be to see Alex Caruso funches in a Chicago Bulls red jersey? Very weird, especially if he has like a really, really good game, it. too. Yeah, I'm not ready for it. I'm and also, you, right and also you got to also think, too, he's going to also be in the same backcourt as Lonzo Ball. I'm not ready for that. I'm not <laughs> ready for that. I'm not ready. More of the uh, Caruso piece. Okay, another uh, date to watch here. November 19th. On the road, Lakers, Dennis Schroeder will be rocking the Boston green and white. And he'll be playing for the Boston Celtics, but it won't be in L.A. That game will actually be in Boston. So there's another game there. First matchup between the Lakers and the Clippers is until December 3rd. First matchup against Luka Doncic, December 15th against Dallas. We know the Christmas Day game is against Brooklyn. What are the big games do they have here? Okay, this is an interesting one. March 19th at home versus the Washington Wizards. Okay, why is that sort of a story? Kuzma, KCP come back to L.A., kind of see their first chance. And again, another very awkward. Can you imagine Kyle Kuzma on the Washington Wizards jersey? So that's going to look awkward there. Um, Only other games that we've put on here, February 8th, the home game against the Milwaukee Bucks. You see Giannis and the champs come to town. They'll play... uh, at home versus New Orleans against Zion. Zion versus LeBron. Obviously, that's always an interesting matchup. So you got it's it's a it's an interesting schedule. I mentioned twelve of the first Lakers fifteen games will be at home, and then in January Lakers will have a six game road trip. In March the Lakers will have eleven road games total. So that kind of breaks down the Lakers schedule. I know it's kind of it's uh. It's usually fun to see the uh, specific schedule and the matchups that they have. So some of the key, those are the, some of the key dates. And then, like I mentioned, over-under for the Lakers, according to Caesar Sportsbook, 51.5 wins. When we come back, Funches and I are going to talk about something. We actually did this on the Travis and Sliwa show, 
after that, uh, we got a top NBA stories coming up. One of the topics, you know, we saw this Field of Dreams game in baseball. Can we be getting something like this in the NBA? So we'll talk about that. Top NBA stories coming up next day right here. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN.